If you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Fantasy issue. I was listening to the Craig. You Ferguson. have a fantasy issue? No, no, no because we're going to talk about fantasy. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought that was uh, uh, I was listening to the Craig Ferguson show tonight on the way over here, and uh, they were having a discussion that apparently on Game of Thrones, yeah, the dragons are yeah. not actually dragons, really, because they walk <laughs> on two legs, not four, and therefore they're technically wyverns. Yes. And so this was something that just blew my mind, and maybe we'll have to we'll have to talk about it again. Uh, but in the meantime, this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and uh, uh, sitting across from me at the Brett Cave. It's Rick Brett Snyder. Yeah, that's right. And we're here doing kind of like a bonus episode because we really wanted to get this out. It's a quickie. It's a hmm. All right. Uh, I hope this is satisfying as many. This is a bonus episode. Uh, if you say quickie again, okay, I, I saw the Twitch. You said uh, it twice now. Uh, uh, rats. Uh, anyway, uh, we are uh, we have a special event happening this week that unfortunately, uh, because of other life events, uh, Rick Brettschneider and I will not be able to join on Friday at Hickleby's in San Jose or Willow Glen uh, Children's Bookstore. There is a signing of a book that we have long championed, full disclosure. We championed it before it was a book. And that's true, because it was a web series. For, well, we championed the artist uh, before. Yes. Uh, and full disclosure, uh, you know, our occasional podcast announcer, Nate Costa, is related to this artist. But we don't hold... Distant relationship. We don't hold that against him. They're brothers. Uh, because, yeah, well, you know. But the, the point is, this work is so good that uh, I would I, I, I support it, even though... Uh, Nate is in, is involved genetically. Um, I, I don't know. So, so that didn't. It made that so much more sense in my head. No. Uh, anyway, so uh, we are uh, pleased tonight to have Ben Costa and James Parks uh, on. They are the creators of Rickety Stitch and the Gelatinous Goo, which has been a web comic for a couple of years. But they uh, last year uh, got a deal with Alfred Knopf. So this is actual a Random House, a real book. publisher. This is. This is a big publisher, yeah. um, and it was released this week, and they're doing That's a signing with a K. in their hometown. And uh, so we're really, really glad to be able to welcome back onto the podcast, because they were on like a year and a half ago, two years ago. When Maybe they'll remember. They'll remember. We couldn't remember. Uh, ben Costa and James Parks, come on out of the green room, boys. Hey, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah. That was Ben. How are you guys doing? Yeah, it's, it's introduce yourselves by name so people can can tell the difference between the voices. Because we can't either. We're you know we're stuck. Um, this is Ben Costa, co-writer and artist of Rickety Stitch and the Gelatinous Goo. And this is James Parks, co-writer of Rickety Stitch and the Gelatinous Goo. Excellent, excellent. excellent. So uh, it has been a while since you you joined us on the podcast at Seven Stars Bar and Grill, and I can't remember how many. How long ago that actually was? I said about a year and a half. Yeah. 
Um, sounds right. It was during like a it. Star Wars thing was happening. I think I don't know. Well, because we're in the seven. It was in the Seven Stars Bar and Grill. There's I always a Star Wars thing. That's the slogan. There's always a Star Wars thing happening. It's all happening at Seven Stars. Uh, anyway, so uh, yes, a- and so at that time, it really was. It was a fun web series, web comic, um, and that's all we could say at the time. It was. It was really fun. This kind of Dungeons and Dragons influenced. Although, again, I'll probably be backing over some of the questions we asked way back then. But I because I. I realize I have this horrible tendency to assume that everybody listening has listened to every episode and remembers it. And then I realize I don't even remember that. I don't listen to me. So uh, we'll go back over. Ben, this was – its origins were in both Dungeons & Dragons and – didn't you do this as a comic strip in San Jose – at San Jose State? Uh, No. uh, That was – Cal State Northridge. Cal State Northridge, I'm sorry. When we were we, living as roommates. It was yeah. both of you. Okay, yes. Cal it State had Northridge. had a, uh, a comic strip beginning. Not really a beginning. It was just like a, a side thing we did with the character um, before we really branched out and made a story out of it. Okay, I, I apologize. Um, I realize my San Jose State confusion is that's where Nate went. I'm sorry. It, it's It's not canon. At all, yeah. Nate's not canon. No, the or... original, the original <laughs> series they did in college. It's like Doonesbury. Nate certainly canon. Uh, yes. All right. So yeah. So it was. That's where the character kind of came out, or the ideas. You know, the ideas for the character was nascent well, there. We we came up with the character first, but this was like sort of an outlet that we had open to us, um, and we just used Rickety Stitch as a character. He was. It was like the modern world. <laughs> that he was living in. Yeah, it really lent itself more towards the uh, episodic um, dungeon and kitschy, n- not really a fantasy story, fantasy epic yet. Although you could set it in a dungeon in modern day. That would have been interesting. But you, So you did <laughs> turn it into uh, into this, as you say, this fantasy epic. So what was it you guys had just decided after after a few years it's time to revisit this and make it something more solid? I don't think it was ever our intention to take that strip seriously. It was just something we did. Um, I think our intention was always to make it more epic eventually. And so um, it's probably like that year or the year after we started writing the first... In 2005, we started writing the first part of the script for what it is now. There's some some of it. It still remains. I'd say a lot of it remains. Actually, it's it's interesting. We we, we always had the idea about driving a story with a, a character skeleton who uh, wanted to learn about who he used to be when he was alive, mm-hmm. and from that, all of the different you know components of the world kind of fell together and rickety stitch spitballed into what it is today. Yeah, I think that's one of the interesting. Uh, the things that I, I really find compelling about it, I, I, uh, I of course had read many of the pages when it was a web comic, uh, and I picked up the book because I was so excited that it, that it was a book. Ben will attest, I, I, I was jumping for joy. Um, I saw him at a convention, was like, "Oh, you got a book deal, awesome!" Uh, and um, and so I, I reread uh, and and what I, I love that idea. What what gave you the idea of that skeleton not? suddenly wanting to know who he had been 
That's um, a good question. Yeah. I can I see you guys looking can... at each other, even though you're not. <laughs> you're not even in the same place, and it's a difficult look. <laughs> a, James has a photo of Ben oh, right across from. I'm him. sure it's an oil painting, always, isn't it? Always, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know that there. There's no particular reason. We we know that. I mean, at the, choosing the skeleton, choosing a skeleton as a vehicle was was great because it's nothing is more anonymous than that. Yeah. Um, we're all skeletons underneath all of our meat and, and flesh. So ha- having a character that, that is a skeleton eliminates the any possibility of like visually discovering who who you are or any of that and, and having him be an ancient skeleton with a with a long and, and interesting and, and mysterious past also clouds the issue so that as a, as readers we can begin to put ourselves in his shoes and really get to see how complicated it would be to go discover who you used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Why musician? Why music? Storyteller. We, we, we've always loved the idea mm-hmm. of bards and storytellers mm-hmm. and, you know, campfire tales and thought that a character that's not your average archetype of a hero or, or an underdog, some, someone that's really steeped in telling stories would be, you know, perfect for someone like Rickety Stitch, who's, who lives so much of his modern, you know, day-to-day life thinking about the past. Bards are so Bards much are cooler so- nowadays yeah. than they were when I was playing D&D. <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm thinking similar things. It seems to be in the zeitgeist with uh, Patrick Rothfuss's uh, yeah. uh, King Killer Chronicles and uh, and just in general, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Isn't he really? He's a the modern day bard. Yes. Um, Are you talking about the first edition bard where you had to do all these complicated things? Yeah, I mean, there was no payoff for being a bard. You didn't heal anybody. You 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 occasionally confused other people. <laughs> it's like if you were good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a weak shadow, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and you, uh, Rickety's. Uh, can I call him Rickety? Uh, Rickety's uh, main song, "The Road Mr. to Eppley, Mr. Stitch, Mr. Stitch, uh, Mr. Stitch's main song, has been recorded uh, by a by a friend of yours and is available on RicketyStitch dot com. Right? You can. I don't yes. know. If people, yeah, can people download it, or is it just you? You, you can watch the YouTube video. Um, you you can download it. You can watch a YouTube video in the back of the book. If you purchase a book, there's a there's a, a section where you can de- get the info to download the song. Ah, yes. Derek um, has the book in hand right now. Download and listen for free. Sally forth to ricketystitch.com. I won't tell you what the slash is, what the backslash is, uh, because I want them to buy the book. Uh, but yes, the, <laughs> the lyrics are there, and I love that you've also included uh, an encyclopedia of some of the terms, but the encyclopedia is actually written in the time period of the, uh, of the, of the story. So, um, very fun there. Now, something I always ask people that are telling epics is, do you know where you're going with this? Yeah, we, we've outlined, uh, six books already. Um, you know, we, we officially are doing three, um, but we have a lot more planned. But if you're good, they'll let you do four. Uh, well, I mean, they obviously they talk about it because when we, like I said, when, when you were on before, and I, I can recall Ben talking to you about like, oh, we're talking to people we don't know. And I think at one point you were thinking that it would be just a regular comic book. Um, so um, 
what was the path to Alfred enough? What did they see in this? I mean, I know what I see in it, but you know, um, what got them excited about you? Well, everything changed when we were able to get an agent and, uh, funny that, you know, um, shout out to Jason Shiga, who was really the, um, you know, unlock the door for that. Right. Uh, so once we got an agent, you know, he sent out proposals and there were a few that were interested. Um, but Knopf was very interested and they, they loved rickety stitch and saw it as like, you know, it's actually their first graphic novel series oh. that they're putting out. Oh, that, okay. I didn't realize it. So they were actively looking for a fantasy story and you fit the bill and you said so it's three books over how long a time period do you plan to to deliver this because you know is this going to be an annual we're going to get volume two in a year volume one by the way for people is the road to epoly i don't know what volume two will be but um are we going to see it in a year or six months or what's your time frame uh the plan is uh you know every year um I'm never as fast as I, I need to be, so <laughs> drawing comics takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second one should be coming out in 2018. So what's your what's your um, writing style? Do you guys uh, outline, or do you do you pass your script back and forth? This is like the second podcast in a row where we've, where we've been talking to a pair letters, of yeah. writers. So we actually we just wrote an article about this for um, the Random House Kids education blog like we, we just did this and it it, it was great because it, it allowed us to do an exercise to really take a look at what our process is like and it's pretty interesting it, it i mean it starts with like a gigantic riff ben and i get together for a day or two and just tell stories to each other until we reach the the entire arc of the book that we want to tell and then from that point we write um but we write a, a synopsis, a couple of pages that takes us through the whole story. It's it's kind of a mix between story and notes. Um, and then from there, we take each of the different beats of the story, each of the components that get made up into all of the different scenes, all of the dialogue, and map that out. And then we literally get onto a Google Doc and sit for hour upon hour um, writing the script, going back and forth. Sometimes we're silent for an hour, finishing each other's sentences and things like that, which is <laughs> the benefit of having known each other for over 20 years. We, we work together, you know, seamlessly. Um, and then from there, it, Ben can tell you about the thumbnailing process and go for yeah. it. Yeah, start uh, designing characters and then um, thumbnailing, uh, which is, you know, drawing little rough drafts of each page and figuring out the pacing and composition of everything. And that'll change the script a little bit. Um, you know, giving some, some things more room, uh, or cutting certain parts. It's usually giving stuff more room. Um, and once that is all done, uh, start drawing page by page and that takes the longest amount of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I like to uh, finish each each page as a whole, so I'll like color and letter a page oh. before I I don't 
pencil everything and then ink everything. I just like work page by page. Well, is is that left over from the web comic days? I think so. Yeah. And, and I had a question with that. That once you, uh, what really uh, I just found so satisfying reading this um, was that even though it's clearly leading to more volumes, this. This does have for those who are afraid of like I have to wait a year for part two. Is it has a nice button to it, a nice play, place to end. And when you were doing it on a on a almost daily basis, or a, or you know a page per entry on the on on the on the web comic, did getting the book deal change how you wanted to structure some things? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, the web comic was designed to end and then we would start another book just exactly as we would in print oh okay so for people who um are looking for something to do between seasons of game of thrones how many characters do you have in the book that you continue to evolve and and work on that's a great question um well uh rickety stitch and the gelatinous goo are it's two that's two. I think the only carrying over characters in the second book. Okay. Because they're, they're moving on. But then there's like a whole plethora of new characters. Are there any wyverns? There are not. Okay. Yet. Okay. Yet. Okay. <laughs> and if they do show up. I'm not going to rule it out. It's because of this interview. Uh, <laughs> until tonight, I didn't know what a wyvern was. Uh, but anyway, so. Uh, I think they have 12 hit die. Okay. Well, there it is. You guys trivia. Trivia. It was the first collectible card game that came out after Magic: The Gathering. It was called Wyvern. Oh, okay. That well, is correct. I forgot about that. I you, totally. And so, do you guys still? Do you yeah. guys still game? I mean, are there moments where you're like, okay, let's just roll up some characters, and, and that'll be the plot of a uh, book five? <laughs> <laughs> we never go that far, but yeah, D and D has certainly influenced at least our like creative sensibilities, and sure. Like, over the years, um, it's infl- I'd say that D and D has influenced our writing of the lore that we do because I don't know if we talked to you about this, but we, we I don't have remember, ex- so it's okay. Okay, so we have extensive lore, like on our website. If you re- visit ricketystitch.com and go to the lore section, we write hundreds of pages of little tiny stories or backstories about things that you'll see throughout the book. That's your so, Cimmerillion. Like, only it interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's. I wouldn't compare it to that, but it's, <laughs> but it's it's very much like a, a creative uh, channel for us to to come up with ideas and build rich history, so that it feels more natural to to dump the characters into different stories and conflicts and and all that. Well, and I, I think that it shows through. I mean, and I, I appreciate that the backstory isn't explicit here, but there's aside from Rickety Stitch's sense of what had happened before, which, and I know we're far from the first people to make this comparison. There's, it's reminiscent to Bone, uh, in feel, um, but that that uh, the backstory is it, it feels like it exists i guess is 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 the compliment is like i i get a sense and i love the idea that that the dungeon has that rickety's in in the first place is is like a business and and run like uh like a corporation uh you know are, do you feel this urge do you think you're going to be influenced by political satire or or just societal satire as you go through um 
I think I think we sort of are all the time. Yeah, but maybe it, a tiny bit. Yeah. Probably not too overt, but yeah, there's a character in the next book who like made us think that we're <laughs> political satire. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> It's well, the great pumpkin. No, to be quite honest, I'm hoping it's not relevant by the time 2008. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I, I, no offense to you guys, um, and, and you know, and of course, I, it's a bad habit of mine as I read and go like, oh, this would make an interesting animated. Has you know, has anybody? Are, are there nibbles starting to come for film or television? I'd say the conversation is out there. And we'll leave it at that because Good. I know you can't say any more than that. <laughs> but that's exciting too. And when I see you at Comic Con, we uh, you guys will be at Comic Con, right? For sure. For uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Then uh, I when I see you at Comic Con, I will ask you off the record again how that conversation's going. Did it say yes, hello? And <laughs> that's as far as it went. Uh, okay. So uh, and again, uh, we're trying to get the, this out for tomorrow. So you'll be at Hickleby's in Willow Glen uh, on Friday. What time is the signing? It's from 7 to 9 p.m., and we'll be hanging out with uh, all the folks from Hickleby's, a bunch of people that are that are coming in to say hi. Um, and then they've got, like, a teen advisory board that's going to ask us um, a bunch of questions and play games with us, like, regarding the book and whatnot. And we've been told that we can't know the details because it's a surprise, but that sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, that does sound, sound like a lot of fun. So, uh, as you said, it's a teen advisory board. So, I just want to say, you know, it is available on Amazon. That's how I knew to go. Uh, down to Barnes and Noble. Um, in general, where do you categorize this book? And this because I want to guide listeners to Barnes and Noble. Uh, I mean, teen is probably the best thing. It's a YA. Okay, you book. do consider, it, yeah. They, yeah, it's teen, young adult. Yeah. All right. Oh, I, I mean, I hate to, to to diss on a bookstore, but Barnes and Noble has recently reorganized how they're how they put things. It so, was in romance, wasn't it? No, this was actually in <laughs> teen fantasy. But I first went into graphic novels. Actually, I yeah. first went into the children's section because I thought there were, you know, like like uh, maybe Cap- Captain Underpants, the right, Dad Pilkey right. books, that kind of stuff. Couldn't find it there. I so I tried to find it on my own, and I finally. This didn't. is not to say that that, you, you, that this book makes you think of Captain Underpants. Not at all. Good, not at good. all. Uh, I just want to be clear although I, I'll say there were shots that definitely made me feel like you have a John Chris Felusi influence, <laughs> just from time to time. There's a couple close-ups on Rickety Stitch, like with you know things coming through his nose. I went, oh, that's yeah. kind of, that's funny. Um, that, that was very intentional. Yeah. Okay. See. So, uh, but yes, I finally had to throw myself at the mercy of a clerk and just say, "I'm looking for this book. Please tell me where to go." So, uh, you know, Barnes Noble's got plenty of graphic novels, but that's yeah. not where this it is. It should be in the graphic novel. No, it was not. Uh, it was in uh, yeah, in teen fantasy. So uh, we both tried to find it. At yeah, and, and I noticed <laughs> that we did. We we both looked for it and couldn't find it. Um, I know that Barnes and Noble has got several other graphic novels in teen fantasy now, and I don't know why that is per se, uh, other than we are categorized as young adult. Hmm. But I think like Nimona was there, and um, oh, okay. Oh, uh, what else was there? I can't. I can't recall. But th- there was a couple of them, and somehow we've gotten categorized that way. Well, as long as we know. When we're guiding people, so you can find it's not it on a bad audience. No, not at all. Uh you can find you can find it on Amazon.com and if someone listening is not attending the Hickleby's signing or any other signings in the future, said uh it'll be for sale at Comic Con if you're going to Comic Con. Uh you, did when you guys were at Barnes and Noble, did you offer to sign books for them? Because you should always do that. 
<laughs> don't offer, don't. just do it. Well, that's <laughs> now you're now you're talking breakfast at Tiffany's, but this is you know. Except it's actually their book. It's okay. It's yeah. like Neil Gaiman will do that. Goes into airports and then and picks up copies of his books and surreptitiously signs them. Yeah. So that people will just you know they buy an airport read and. Neil Gaiman signatures there. Yeah, somebody fake Neil Gaiman's <laughs> signature. <laughs> right. Okay, but you know, come on. Uh, all right, yeah. So yeah, you should, yeah, maybe. So anyway, uh, thank you guys. I know that this was a hardship, at least for Ben, because there's a Warriors game going on right now. Uh, so I thank you That's so okay. much for taking the time. Uh, I know you're 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 watching it right now, aren't you? It's just the sounds down. And what's the score? Uh, I don't know what the score is. It's oh. commercial right now. Oh, okay. okay. What's the commercial? Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, it's, so, it's 89 to 94 Cavalier, uh, Cavaliers. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. Sorry. I, I, I promise I, I, I just Googled it. I didn't I didn't Google it during the during the chat. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Thank you so much for taking the time tonight. And uh, now that you're less until nine, if I can make it back up in time by, you know, maybe I can make the tail end of that. Um, but if I can't, Regardless, guys, it is it is a great book. I'm so thrilled for you guys, and uh, look forward to seeing you at Comic Con. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks us too. For Thank, thanks, us guys. guys. Thanks for having us. You asked a lot of great questions. It's super fun. Cool. And now, this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Is about the best way to balance out you guys coming out on the same Skype channel. Cool. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, we'll, we'll do an introduction, and you guys are in the virtual green room. So don't say anything until Derek brings you in. And then I think we'll probably uh, we'll have you introduce yourselves, starting with Ben and then uh, James. And we'll get into Q&A, and uh, then there'll be cake. Not really, but you get to watch the basketball game with the sound on. There you go. So Does that sound good? <laughs> Unless you have yeah. cake. I don't want to deny you cake. The cake is a lie. The cake is always a lie. <laughs> Any any questions before we go? No, apparently not. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how do you want to do this? We usually like uh, we could we could uh, fake some chatter. <laughs> no, no. I said I will do a frame. We'll do a frame maybe, after. Maybe, this? maybe we do. Well, no, you're right. I, I thought we were going to do this as a special, so we ought yeah. to just do it you're straight right, through. You're right. So, th- and this is the chatter being faked, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's. Listen, it's a real behind-the-scenes episode. I love those. I love those. <laughs> they are great. No, actually, you know, I'm going to say it because I have a fantasy issue. I was listening to Craig You Ferguson. have a fantasy issue? To use your powers only for good. We had to get a clean close on the show, guys. Because <laughs> that means I don't have to edit. <laughs> so we just get this out tomorrow, and that cool. and, and, and it'll hopefully help with Hickleby's, you know. So, cool. Awesome. Thank All you right. so much. That's fantastic. Great. Cool. 
I'm I I was originally planning on going there for the for the signing, and then two weekends ago, my wife sprung on the fact that my niece's thirtieth birthday. God, that makes you feel old. Is um, this weekend? It doesn't make them feel old. They're fine. Makes, it will make you feel old when it happens to you. When Mary Jane turns thirty, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be in Oregon. Tough. Yeah. So, which I would well, say, regardless of whether there's a signing, and have a great evening, guys. May the yeah, Warriors win. You too. Thanks go a lot. Go Dubs. All you need is Dubs. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Bye. All right. See you guys. Bye bye. Okay, we can just roll on in, uh, or we can duck. <laughs> we fake another entrance. I, I know. I think I'd be like, uh, actually, could I get a bathroom break? Go, go, go. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna let this thing run because I'm I afraid understand. of touching it. No, I understand. I think this is gonna have to go into the shop, and it's not gonna be cheap. No, it'll be cheaper to buy a new one.